Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Wilton Fitness and Performance Podcast. First of all, I just want to say a massive, massive thank you to absolutely everybody that took the time out of their day to listen to the first episode where I got to dive a little bit deeper into my personal life experiences from when I was just 13 years old and essentially where I wanted to go in life all the way up until the present day and how I became so passionate about helping people improve their health and well-being. So if you haven't already been to check out that episode then I would greatly appreciate it if you would uh, simply because I would much rather you get to know me and my background a little bit more just before you start to absorb any more information from me to help improve your personal life and health experience. So yeah let's dive into today's episode. So episode number two we are gonna talk and dive into helping you understand your personal values. But in fact, actually, I've just remembered, before we dive into the episode, I've got a little bit of a surprise for you. And that surprise is a piece of introduction music for my podcast, which I got a good friend of mine to produce for me. Big shout, Bruce, from Truth Be Told. And he managed to knock this up in about half an hour for me. And you know what? It's absolutely quality. And yeah, I'm absolutely made up with it. So before we actually dive into the the good stuff of today's episode, I'm just going to throw that piece of music in here. And yeah, then we'll crack on. So without further ado, are you ready? Welcome to the Wilton Fitness and Performance Podcast. How fucking cool is that, everybody? <laughs> Honest to God, I am so made up with that because I think it sounds like the perfect mix between getting ready to sit down and watch the news at 10 o'clock at night and getting ready to go out for some drinks with your mates. It is absolutely class. So, yeah, nice one for that, Bruce. Uh, I am absolutely buzzing with it. So... Right, let's get stuck into today's episode. So, as I mentioned earlier, we are going to dive into understanding what your values are. Now, when I talk about values, the meaning of values is basically the principles or standards of your own behaviour. So, Basically, just to kind of get you to understand what's important in your own life. And this is not for me to kind of... Well, this episode is not for me to kind of lead you into believing what I think is important. But because the way that I run my business and the way that I like to think of health is more in a holistic way rather than just say, oh, you need to be skinny if you want to be healthy, you know what I mean? Because that's not true in the slightest. So what I'm going to do is over the course of the episode, I'm going to be talking about a few topics and it's probably going to be easier for you if you have a bit of time on your hands and you have a notepad 
and basically just so you can write down which of these values mean the most to you and what you can do to help improve those values of your own basically just to try and help you improve your own health and well-being so first of all when it comes down to understanding your own values you first got to look at your lifestyle now what does your current lifestyle look like now by lifestyle i'm not just talking about going to work i'm not just talking about going to work or what you do for a living but although that does come into play but I'm talking about the stuff that you do on a day-to-day basis. So what what's the stuff that you are eating in the morning? What's the stuff that you're eating at lunch and, and dinner? What, what are the things that you are doing in your spare time? Whether that be with your family, friends, or what do you spend the ta- your time doing when you are on your own? You know, do, do you like to keep active? Do you like to spend... Um, do you like to spend your time gaming? Do you like to read a lot of books? Or do you like to go out and just drink yourself silly every single weekend? You know, because when it comes down to your lifestyle, this is what's most important to help you to continue to move forward if you want to help improve your overall health and well-being. So when it comes down to lifestyle, first of all, I want you to check out what your environment looks like. And what I mean by your environment is I want your environment should it basically starts with your support circle. So that be your family, your spouse or your friends, you know. So, for example, if you kind of said to yourself one day that, you know what, I really want to start looking at getting healthy. I want to start going to the gym. I want to start eating healthier. I want to reduce my stress, etc., etc. Now, will your family support you on this stuff, or are your will your family, spouse, and friends support you on this stuff, or will they just continue to just try to egg you on into your old lifestyle? Because one thing that resonated with me was even though I had some friends that went to the gym and did eat pretty healthily, you know, I was still surrounded by friends that took recreational drugs and you know not to say that they were a direct influence on my own behaviors but being around those people also influenced me to continue doing the same and if I really wanted to change my identity and who I wanted to become then the first thing that I needed to look at was to change my environment you know so obviously at first I didn't kind of uh, I didn't go and speak to my family about all that kind of stuff but you know, I spoke to my brother and my best friend and things like that, and I told them exactly what I wanted to do, and I asked them to get on board with me, and hopefully that they could support me in wanting to, you know, well, essentially, I just wanted to move on to the other side of the world, and, you know, they supported me on that, and, you know, that's exactly where I am today, but when it comes down to your environment, it is so, so important that you have the right support circle around you because if you don't, it is going to make your life so much harder and it's probably going to, it's going to slow you down by a massive, a massive amount. So first thing to do is, you know, if you are wanting to, even if it's just wanting to lose 10 kilos or 5 kilos, but, you know, you want to eat healthy, 
but your husband or wife still continues to eat takeaways or eat microwave meals or eat junk every single day, you know, then the you need to ask them to get on board with you just to make your life easier. And, it, and you don't have to eat the exact same things, but you need to get them on board so they can support you when, on the days where you're going to feel like giving up. Because if they are going to continue their ways and not support you, then it's not going to help you to achieve your goal, whatever that might be. So, yeah, and, and then... That also comes down to the weekend as well. So, you know, a lot of people that I know of, obviously everyone enjoys having a beer on a weekend. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a beer. Like, I don't I don't preach to anyone not to drink beer, you know, because you know, even though I don't drink beer that much anymore, like it, on a very rare occasions that I do, you know, I, I, I'm super grateful to have Casey around with, with me because she doesn't drink that much either. So it also helps me keep in... It just helps me keep me intact where I don't want to drink either. So, you know, and if you want to go and socialise, that's absolutely fine. But then again, if it's happening every single weekend and then you are not going down the right path of where you want to get to, then that's something that you might need to look at, you know. And also, again, when it comes down to alcohol, it's easy for anyone to pick up a beer or a bottle of wine or whatever it is at the end of a stressful day, you know? And because and the reason why that is is because it's just it's just the easy option to help you unwind and things like that. But one of the fir- one of the first things I like to say is that when it comes down to changing your environment then particularly with food and drink that's in the cupboards, if it's not in the cupboards then you can't have it. So the first thing that you should probably look into is stop buying the stuff that you don't really need because it's not going to help you get any closer to where you want to get to. So next up, or point number two, when it comes down to understanding your values, is your habits and behaviours. Now, habits and behaviours literally shape every single moment that goes on in your entire life. Now, habits, for anyone that doesn't understand what a habit is, it is an unconscious process that occurs in your life that you literally do not have to think about. It's just stuff that you kind of, you know, for example, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is go to the toilet and then you wash your hands. Some people brush their teeth and then they go down and flick the kettle on. You know, that's that's a habit. And it's and it's just kind of something that people do on a day-to-day basis as they kind of wake up. You know, so and then your behaviours, basically, these behaviours are triggered by returning back to what your environment looks like. You know, so for example, if you are wanting to drop a few kilos, but then you've got a massive dairy milk in the fridge and you've got a big bag of Doritos as well, you know, what? what is it that is driving you to, what is it that's driving that behavior to wanting to continue to buy those foods and for you to, to keep feeling the urge to wanting to grab that bar of chocolate or that bag of Doritos or whatever it is that you know is kind of something that you shouldn't be opting for. 
it's about helping so so basically you've got to try and understand what is driving your behavior so for some people stress is or mental stress let's say mental stress is a driving behavior or sorry is a behavior that helps people hang on sorry i need to start that again because i'm just i'm mixing my own words up here so mental stress in itself is something that assists people in a direction to repeat unwanted behaviors so if you are stressed at work or you are in a stressful environment in a stressful relationship or whatever it is that you might be the first thing it's going to do is it's going to want it's going to drive you to repeat unwanted behaviors and basically it's just for a reward system because when you are rewarded with something that makes you feel better it makes you want to do it again and again and again and again and for for most people if they are dealing with a stressful with stressful times in their life they either opt for alcohol they opt for chocolate crisps chips biscuits or whatever it is you know because they are so easy to grab uh, and i know i keep relating back to food here but um it's just the it's it's probably one of the easiest relative options to kind of go to for people that want that people that get triggered by actions like stress and that go into repeating their unwanted on their unwanted behaviors you know and when it also comes down to behaviors as well how easily are you persuaded into doing things that you know you shouldn't because like i say when it comes down to when it comes down to your environment and you've got friends that are saying oh come on just come out for a drink or just come for one after work or you know you know you'll be all right one won't do you any harm or you know just just have, have that cake or whatever you know whatever it is how easily are you persuaded into your friends into your friends actions for you to repeat the uh, for you to go ahead and you know uh what's the word i'm looking for to go ahead and start these behaviors you know so and also alongside that as well you know alongside that you've got to learn to be able to use language that is going to benefit you on a day-to-day basis so if you are easily persuaded by your friends and influenced by what your friends are doing then you've got to be able to learn to start talking positively and strongly to yourself so that you do not give in to anything that you do not want to do. So, you know, if if you do not have a supportive network and you do manage to talk to yourself in a way which does support yourself, then awesome. But if you are the kind of person that's like... that. You know that does give in to your friend saying oh come on just come for a drink or whatever it is and you say oh yeah you're right you know what one won't do me any harm then you know that's kind of that's giving in straight away to the fact that you are not using positive language to yourself and you're just giving in you know so it's all about understanding it's all about understanding yourself first and your own language in which you use towards yourself to be able to support what triggers the actions and these unwanted behaviors so i'm just diving a little bit deeper into the language that you use to yourself you know like for example if you are someone that does want to lose a little bit of weight and you know 
just like anybody else, you get to look at yourself every single day in the mirror. And although for some people this can be quite a hard thing to to do, you know, it's it's a, it's an it's an insecurity for many people because a lot of people don't feel comfortable in their own bodies. And if you are on a health and wellness and weight loss journey, then starting to talk to yourself in a more positive way will help you to increase the chances of you sustaining the behaviors which are going to take you closer towards your goals. Because if you, for example, if you kind of look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh God, look at, look at that, you know, look at my belly for God's sake, you know, I wish that belly wasn't there. Whereas if you can use language like, you know what, I'm doing really well so far and, you know, I've been to the gym three times this week and I've been out for two walks and, you know what, I feel I feel really proud of myself and I know that I'm taking myself one step closer towards my goals, then that is going to help to keep you in such a positive mindset and it's going to influence you to, to keep on wanting to do it again and again and again and again. Whereas if you start talking negatively to, to yourself and you start saying things like, oh, God, I'm so fat, or, you know, oh, God, I'm so ugly, or, you know, or, ex- you know, blah, 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 you know, I don't need to kind of dive into all that kind of stuff, then the chances are that you're going to give up, you know, so, and it's not, and it's not about becoming obsessed with yourself, because, you know, you don't have to become obsessed with yourself, but you, it, it's so important that, we start learning to talk a little bit more positively about our own health and our own well-being because at the end of the day, everybody wants to be healthy. Absolutely everybody wants to be healthy in some way or another. Unless, of course, you know, you really do just want to kind of sit there and just eat your life away and, you know, just sit on the couch and do absolutely fuck all. But that's that's entirely your choice. And if, if that's who you are, then absolutely fine. But I'm sure if you are that person, that then you're not listening to this podcast. So, but, you know, start by using better language to yourself and understand the narrative that you are using to keep you moving forward towards your goals. Next topic in terms of values is I want to dive into talking about a morning routine. Now, Morning routines, in my opinion, are so important when it comes down to the success of everyone's day. Now, everyone's morning routine is going to be completely different. You know, it's going to be unique to you as a person because if you kind of went to influence someone else into your morning routine, you know, it might help them, but it's never going to be the exact same because, you know, not everyone is a morning person. Or not everyone wants to get up and not everybody wants to get up and start doing things like, you know, meditation and 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 some form of activity, you know. But I do think having a morning routine, regardless of the type of person that you are, is so important to the success of your day because it helps set you up and put you in a it puts you in a better mood, not only to help you treat yourself better. But it also helps other people. Sorry, it also benefits other people as well. So, for example, just question yourself now. When you wake up first thing in the morning, what is the very first thing that you do in the morning? And you can take a couple of minutes to kind of assess this. You know, I, I 
you can write this down if you if you have got a notebook but I just want you to have a think about what you do every single morning when you wake up you know do you get up and then go to the toilet then wash your hands brush your teeth and then go downstairs and flick the kettle on and then just kind of sit there and drink a coffee and scroll on social media and wait for that moment to kind of set off and get ready for work or do you do something productive with your morning like you know obviously get up and go to the toilet and all that stuff blah 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 but then do you do you take a little bit of time to focus on your mindset you know do you do journaling do you meditate do you do a little bit of stretching or yoga or anything like that anything that's going to benefit you and set you up in the morning to put you at peace for the day you know so which is something that i highly recommend that you do because like i say it doesn't only it, it not only sets you up for a good morning but it also benefits other people as well and it's not that you have to go out there and please everybody else because that's not what life is about but if you have a good morning routine you can walk out of that front door every single morning with a smile on your face and when other people see a smile on your face it doesn't on, only make them feel better but it makes you feel better as well. So uh, my morning routine, I'll just dive into that. And this is going to be, this is completely unique to me. You know, I don't expect anyone else to do the exact same as me, but every single morning I get up on, well, most mornings of the week, I get up at 4am and it's not an ideal time for anyone to get up at 4am. But obviously as a personal trainer, I start work at 5am. So I have an hour to get myself up, to complete and perform my morning routine and get to work to start at 5am. So what I do is I get up, go to the loo and then I have a glass of water with a squeeze of lemon juice and Himalayan sea salt. So a pinch of Himalayan sea salt, you know, just a tiny bit, swill it round and then I, I scull it back. And then I have a glass of organic greens powder which is i'm not too sure what the company's called but um i think the company is called nutri organics now i'm not i'm not in any way sponsored by these guys but um but yeah the company is called nutri organics and i would highly recommend that you use them because uh the greens powder is awesome so and i use i have one tea one heat teaspoon of greens powder with a glass of water again and then after I've drank that greens powder, I have another glass of water uh, just to kind of wash it down with. And then by that point, after three glasses of water, I've already had a litre of water before I do anything else. Then from there, I turn the kettle on and I make a cup of coffee. And from there, then I will go and sit on the couch and I will open up my meditation app in my phone and i will just sit there for 15 minutes every single morning and i have this guided meditation depending on how i'm feeling from the, the night before or the day before i usually follow that on from uh, i usually follow that on the next day now for anyone that is struggling to find a decent meditation app i would highly recommend that you use balance now balance is it's quite expensive um, but I think during COVID-19, I think they were giving out a free year of meditation on the app. Um, but 
On top of that, I think if you want to pay for it, I think it's like $200, but um, you know, if you are going to get into the habit of using and meditating every single day, then it is 100% worth it because there is a meditation to support absolutely every kind of mood on there. So yeah, so I meditate for 15 minutes, so eyes closed, just sit on the couch, legs crossed, and this allows my coffee to cool down. And then by the time I finish meditating, drink the coffee, then I get myself up, get dressed, and then that gives me enough time to leave for work. And yeah, and then that's a kind of, and then that's a, and that, that is my morning routine. So it's not that complicated, really. It's not that complex. You know, if I did have more time in the morning, I would do, I would journal in the morning and I would probably do some mobility first thing in the morning, but I don't want to get, for me, I don't want to have to get up any earlier than 4am given that we have a baby that gets, still gets up two or three times in the middle of the night, which, you know, it's only going to change. Um, but uh, for now, that is my morning routine. But it, it is important for absolutely anyone out there that if you do want to have success for your day, then a morning routine is an absolute must. But just a few recommendations. Not that I own, not even though I already mentioned a couple at the start. But making sure that you are fully hydrated before you have that cup of coffee in the morning. You know, do not have caffeine as your first liquid of the day water 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 then you can have caffeine and then you know you'll even from that you will notice a significant difference in the way that your body feels because everyone knows by now that caffeine doesn't hit the system until at least 45 minutes until at least after 45 minutes whereas water as soon as you have a drink of water at room temperature it makes you feel like a million dollars so uh, and then you can do things like journaling you can meditate you can stretch yoga you can do some mobility work you can do 20 burpees if you like you know what i mean not that anyone is that insane but just something that that gets you in a good that puts you in a good place so that when you walk out of that door and get ready for work that you are feeling very very good about yourself so yeah next up Oh, the next topic that I want to dive into is sleep. Now, sleep is the most undervalued aspect of our health and well-being. And anyone in the health and wellness space will tell you that. And it's the reason why it's undervalued because basically we're just, as a, as a nation, as a worldwide nation, we are so stubborn to the fact that we don't think we need sleep, that we think that you know, we can stay up at night and watch Netflix or we can work late at night and then we can get up first thing in the morning and continue working or whatever. And for some stupid reason, we think that that's productive. And quite frankly, it's not. Because on average, we are supposed to sleep for a third of our lives. Because if you think 24 hours in a day, we are supposed to get eight hours sleep every single night. And, you know, I hold my hands up. At the moment, I'm definitely not getting eight hours sleep a night. But that's because of my current circumstances. But we are supposed to we are supposed to sleep for eight hours a night. and Or at least seven to eight hours. And 
if we are not getting that much sleep, it is, you know, it leads us to becoming groggy later on in the day. It leads us to becoming less productive. It leads us to becoming stress or stressed, tired and moody and aggravated by little things. You know, we all know that whenever we talk to someone or even from our own personal perspective that if we have a shit sleep, then we're going to feel like shit the following day. And it's as simple as that. But yet we continue to ignore the fact that sleep is so important. You know, there are some people in this world that are switched on and they absolutely prioritise their sleep in this world. And kudos to them, you know, hats off to them because, you know, if you can prioritise getting eight hours sleep a night, then please do so. But for now, if you have got a notepad and a pen, I want you to write down how much sleep on a night you are getting on average you know is it is it eight hours is it seven hours six or is it less than six hours sleep a night because if it is less than six hours sleep a night then you really need to have a look into things that you can do to help improve on that aside from the amount of sleep that we are getting we also need to look at the quality of sleep that we are getting and for anyone that's not familiar with the four stages of sleep, we have light sleep, we have slow wave sleep, also known as deep sleep, and we have REM sleep, also well, we have awake as well, which is also classed as, as a stage of sleep. But light sleep is where we spend most of our sleep at night time. We've got deep sleep, which is... Well, which benefits the storage of memories and also inc- improves our motor skills. So, for example, if you are learning to ride a bike as a child, you know, and you do not manage to get it first time round, then if you have a good sleep that night and then go again the following day, there is a good chance that you will improve on that skill simply due to the fact that you have remembered what happened from the day before and you will improve on those motor skills the following day and that goes for absolutely anything in life you know because for anyone that does start out something new for example me with this podcast you know I have had many failed attempts of trying to record uh, episodes but when I have slept on it I have come back the following day and then I've managed to record this just like I am doing now so and that, so that is how deep sleep helps improve our uh, motor skills. From there, we have got REM sleep. REM sleep stands for rapid eye movement, which is what happens when we are dreaming at nighttime. So if you were to ever watch somebody sleep, not that you ever would unless you're a scientist because it's quite creepy, but you will know when someone is dreaming because when you look at their eyelids, their eyeballs are moving on the inside of their eyelids. So, and also when with rapid eye movements, it also helps us to process emotions better and helps us to develop our emotions better as well. So, this is extremely important in children as well. So, for anyone that does have children and they know that their children aren't sleeping very well, uh, 
it's a good chance that they are not getting enough REM sleep simply because their emotions could be absolutely everywhere. And that's the same with that's that's the same with anyone, not just children. You know, so for anyone that does feel groggy and moody and aggravated by little things in work or family relationships or whatever it is that pisses you off on a day-to-day basis, then there's a good chance that the night before you did not get a good night's sleep and more so rapid eye movement sleep. And then, of course, the fourth stage of sleep is awake. And those four stages of sleep, so we've got light, deep, REM, and awake, they repeat themselves two to four times over the course of a single night sleep. Now, uh, when it comes down to... Oh, let me just get my notes up here. So, now, when it comes down to the, your quality of sleep, how are you tracking your sleep? You know, because... There's a lot of people these days that do have wearables, you know, they do have things like Apple Watches or Fitbits or Whoop bands or anything like that that helps you to track it. I think that if, if your, your sleep is something that you do need to focus on, then I would highly recommend that you go and get yourself one of these trackers. Now, not all of these trackers work as well as each other because, you know, I don't know, I've not, I've not tried them all, but I know that some will be better than others. But if you are going to want to improve your uh, your quality of sleep or at least track it, then don't be afraid to invest in something that's worth, that's worth your while because if it's going to help you to improve your sleep, then you're going to get a better... You're going to, you're going to improve your, your overall day on a much higher scale. Also, when it comes down to your sleep, what does your sleep hygiene look like? Now, sleep hygiene, what I mean by that is, how do you set yourself up at night time to get yourself ready for bed? Now, for a lot of people that are listening to this, there's a good chance that what we do is when we're tired, we turn the TV off, we go upstairs, brush our teeth, we get into bed, and then we sit on our phones in bed. And then we just scroll, get into this massive scroll hole on social media, and we're just looking at pointless dog shit just because just because simple and it you know what when we get into the habit of doing that you are staring at a uh, a blue light screen and that is impacting the amount sorry what what that's doing is it is resetting your circadian rhythm so that it makes it harder for you to fall asleep at night time and that, and that's why you know a lot of people that toss and turn for absolutely ages, and then they wonder why they toss and turn. It's because you sit there on your phone for an hour in bed and just you know, and you went to this scroll hole. And also another another huge one is people that have TVs in the bedroom. What the fucking hell are you doing with a TV in your bedroom? You know, I'm. This is not. You know, I I used to have a TV in my room and it was honestly the worst thing that I ever did. Because why on earth would you want to have a TV in your bedroom when you've just come from watching TV downstairs? Or, you know, it just does not make any sense because the TV is not going to make you sleep. You know, I used to work with a guy. I used to work with a guy who said, I need to sleep with the TV on because it helps me fall asleep. And I'm just like, mate, no. It doesn't. It, 
you know, you might you might think the noise of the TV helps you fall asleep, but that light, if you're looking at that light or that even that light is powerful enough to shine through your eyelids at night time. You know, and, and it can cause effects on the quality of sleep that you are getting. So if you do have a TV in your room, then do yourself a favour and unscrew it from the wall or wherever it is that you've got it attached and flog it into another room or, you know, at least set it up somewhere where you can actually sit there and enjoy the TV rather than lie there in bed and watch TV and have it impact your sleep. But when it comes down to sleep hygiene, a good way to set yourself up is to do something that is going to help so it's going to kind of put you in a good place that will make sure that your body is ready for a good night's rest so i'm going to give you a few tips here and a good tip to avoid struggling to get to sleep at night time is reducing your caffeine intake during the day and usually i like to go by the 2 p.m rule so any caffeine after 2 p.m is going to impact my sleep at night time because you know if i'm i'm an early riser in the morning so i go to bed early at night time whereas like you know sometimes like well the latest i go to bed at most nights is nine o'clock and even by that time i'm fast asleep but um for anyone that does go to sleep later than that then try to cut your caffeine intake seven hours before that because the caffeine stays in your system for at least six hours or caffeine has a half-life of six hours in your system and even though you might think that that first when you when you have a cup of coffee and it kicks in yes it kicks in but it has a half-life of six hours afterwards and you know it can have an impact on you falling asleep at night time also avoid going avoid alcohol before going to bed because alcohol even though some people might think that alcohol knocks them out at night time, well, you are correct. That is exactly what alcohol does. It knocks you out. It doesn't send you into a good sleep. It literally knocks you out unconscious because what it does is alcohol blocks the hormonal barrier in which melatonin is produced. So melatonin is a hormone that's produced within the body that induces you into sleep. It doesn't keep you asleep, but it induces you into sleep. But when melato- when you drink alcohol, the effect of alcohol blocks that barrier from which the hormone melatonin tries to reach the brain. And then, essentially, it stops you from entering light and then deep sleep. Whereas alcohol, if you have the alcohol, it just knocks you unconscious. You know, you don't end up dreaming. You don't end up having a deep sleep. And essentially, you know, that's why people have hangovers, because when you drink alcohol, especially excessively on a weekend, and then you rock in at three o'clock in the morning, and then you wake up at like eight o'clock the next morning, and the chances are you've probably only had one hour of good sleep in that in that time, probably less, but then people wake up and they're like, oh my god, I feel like shit here. Well, there's a reason for it, is because alcohol does not send you to sleep it literally knocks you out unconscious so if you do think alcohol even just one bottle of beer or one glass of wine will help you chill out before you go to bed fuck it off because it's not doing you any favors in the slightest as i've already said remove technology from the bedroom that means your phone and your tv you know so stop scrolling on your phone and stop and 
you know, get that TV out of your room and, and flog it into another room. I would probably recommend going to bed at the same time every night if you can. Uh, don't lie in bed in wake. Uh, don't lie in bed awake if you aren't tired. So if that's the case and you lie in bed and you can't get to sleep, then get yourself up and do something that's going to tire you out. So do a bit of light stretching. Go and do a couple of laps around the house. Read a book. You know, just don't go on technology, whatever you do, because it's not going to help. Uh, remove any visible clocks from the room because if you can't get to sleep and you're constantly clock watching, then that is going to make things 10 times worse for you. You know, you'd be like, oh my God, I've got to get up in six hours. Oh my God, I've got to get up in five hours. Oh, fuck, four hours until I've got to get up. You know, and it makes things 10 times worse for you. So, uh, yeah, get rid of any clocks. Another tip is to make your bedroom as dark as possible. So this can be things like getting some blackout blinds or blackout curtains and making sure that you know, there's just no light presence in the room because that will help the production of melatonin in your body to send you into a deeper sleep straight away. And the last tip that I have, which is not for everybody, but the last tip that I have is to take a hot bath or a hot shower before bed each night. Now, this is something that does help me, but it might not be for everybody. But if it does, then, uh, you know, go ahead and try out because I definitely think it's worth giving it a shot. Right, next up, you know what, this episode's been going on for 40 minutes already and I'm nowhere near done, so there might be a part two of this episode. So, next up on the topics of values, we have got mental and physical stress. Now, this is super, super important. Now, stress in itself... Like there's two different types, of course. There's mental and physical stress. And I'm just going to get up this uh, this diagram on my computer, which I've labelled the stress wheel. And there are four different types of stress that can affect the brain and the body. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to dive into each of these as quickly as I possibly can. And what I want you to do is... I want you to just say yes if each one of these, if you can relate to any one of these, and that will help you assess on whether any one of these stresses is affecting you in a day, on a day-to-day basis. So, the first type of stress is perceived stress. Now, this is also known as mental stress or emotional stress. And this is probably one of the most common types or forms of stress that people experience on a day-to-day basis. And this can come from things like burnout, you know, by doing too much or feeling like you are working too hard. It can come from things like you have a lack of control of what's going on in your life. And it can come from things like relationships, not just relationships like with your significant other but relationships with your family and your friends and your colleagues etc etc so you know and this is like you know i don't i'm 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 not a a psychologist or anything like that but a, a lot of these perceived stresses particularly if they are mental or emotional these can be these can all be within your control so and i'm not and i'm just going to leave it at that 
Uh, another form of perceived stress is, of course, it is anxiety and depression. And these are things from a lack of serotonin that are being produced in the body, a lack of dopamine that's being produced in the body, and basically loads of other neurotransmitters like glutamate and GABA, which I'm not going to dive too much into, which, you know, it goes a bit too sciencey. But uh, basically, for when your body doesn't produce these neurotransmitters or enough of them, that's what leads to things like anxiety and depression. So, um, you know, if you do suffer with anxiety or depression, then I would please, 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 like I say, if you did listen to the first episode, don't be afraid to go and reach out to someone, whether that be a friend, colleague, family member, or even your local GP, because it is, it is super important to help you reduce that perceived stress on not only your brain, but also your body as well. The next type of stress is circadian disruption. Now, circadian disruption is things like sleep issues, and it is also light and dark disruption. Okay, so we'll dive into sleep issues. So sleep issues can be things like sleep apnea, uh, it can be pain in your sleep, and it can be caffeine-induced. So... Uh, sleeping so sleep apnea for anyone that's not familiar with sleep apnea it is the well i'm not i'm not even I, even i'm not 110 percent certain but sleep apnea is the is it's basically what happens is when you are asleep at night time it is when your muscles in your tongue and your throat relax that your tongue slips down the back of your throat and it can cause breathing difficulties at night time, which, um, you know, a lot of people that do have sleep apnea, you know, they are led towards using these machines which can stop their tongue from slipping down the back of their throat when the muscles relax in, uh, in their mouth. And usually this is firstly caused by sleeping with your mouth open and on your back so if you are a back sleeper then the simple piece of advice that i can give you is try to sleep on your side because it is giving your tongue less of a chance to slip down the back of your throat when your muscles are relaxed the second piece of advice that i would give to anyone is and i would highly recommend that you try this and i know it sounds rather silly but i would highly recommend that you put a piece of tape over your mouth at night time when you are sleeping now i'm not talking about duct tape or masking tape or anything like that i'm just talking a piece about a piece of it's just like a piece of 3m like bandage tape and you just need a simple square of it to stick over the center of your lips and all that's going to do is and you don't need to you know, stick it down really hard, or you just need to place it very gently on the top of your lips, and all that's going to do is it's going to help you to keep your mouth closed, and when your mouth is closed, there is very limited room for your tongue to move around inside your mouth, and it's going to cause less of a chance of your tongue to relax and slip down the back of your throat, so, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm 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 not a specialist in sleep apnea, but I've recommended this to many people before and I have had a few people say to me that their quality of sleep has improved simply just by putting a piece of tape over your mouth and sleeping on your side. Um, Caffeine, we've already spoke about, you know, stick to the 2pm rule if you can. 
light and dark disruption, that is things like shift work, that is jet lag, and that is also daylight savings, which daylight savings is it's not it's probably one it's the weaker of the three. But for anyone that does uh, do shift work, which uh, you know, I have personally done in the past for five years. Uh, I understand that it is difficult to sh- to move from one shift to the next week by week. Now, people do some people do two day shifts, then followed by two night shifts. Some people do a full week of day shifts, then a full week of night shifts, and you know that can really fuck up the body and the brain. Um, but when that's the case, you need to try and treat your shift work that. Your, your, the, in, in short, you need to try and treat your day, whichever shift that you are on, as you would a normal day routine. So if you are just starting a night shift, then you, you must try to control and stay in bed for as long as you can and then get up at a reasonable time in the afternoon and have your breakfast as you normally would first thing in the morning. You know, don't be getting up at don't be getting up at five o'clock in an afternoon and then walloping your dinner down as if like don't be having a roast dinner or anything like that. You know, you need to be having your usual breakfast and performing your usual routines like you know morning routine as we already spoke about, etc. etc. Uh, but I'm gonna I'll, I'll dive into shift uh, sleep and shift work on a, on a, as a separate episode in, in the near future. And then of course jet lag. Now we do have people that do. That you know that, that do have to travel around the world uh, as a part of, as a part of their living. You know, jet lag can really uh, you know knacker you up as well. But and I'm not I'm not too sure how to go about this. But I'm sure that there are professionals out there that I can refer you to. Um, but for me, it, it's beyond my kind of scope to kind of give you advice on how to best treat jet lag because for those people, like for example, DJs, you know, it's it's hard for people that. Do travel around the world on a consistent basis and try to get a good night's sleep. Um, so yeah, we'll move on. Next up, we have got uh, things like inflammatory signals. So inflammatory signals in the body are things like arthritis. Uh, they are things like allergies. They are things like you know infectious diseases. Like that could just be like you know common colds and flus, and uh, it could be like stomach inflammation. Uh, sorry, like, uh, like gastro and things like that. You know, there is um, cardiovascular things like, like like heart, like inflammation of the heart and things like that. You know, if you are, you know, if you're not exercising enough and things like that, you know, that is causing stress on on the heart in itself, and you know, you've not got optimal blood flow moving around the body. Um, and I think and I think that'll cover it for inflammatory signals. Um, but you know it's important if we do feel like we have inflammatory stress on the body that you know we we look at trying to obviously we're not as a as a nation we're not stupid enough to go against our allergies um but when it comes to cardiovascular inflammation just take yourself out for a, a nice walk every single day uh, you should of course we all know we should exercise uh, if you've got arthritis just make sure you're eating a nutrient dense uh, diet on a daily basis. Make sure you're taking things like fish oil, uh, vitamin D, uh, glucosamine, and things like that. You know, these are all things that can help with uh, jo- uh, that can help with your joints and, and things like that. Um, yeah, and I think I'll leave it at that. But all, all, uh, as also a part of the inflammatory signals in the body, we've also got 
um, obesity, which, you know, obesity is, uh, of course, we, we know that it is a, the best way to put it, it is an epidemic, I think is the best way to put it. It's an epidemic that we are currently seeing worldwide. Uh, in some countries more than others um, and obesity also falls into the category of uh, the fourth type of stress which is known as glycemic dysregulation which basically is to put it in layman's terms is basically what goes on with nutrition on a day-to-day basis so this can be things like poor diet choices this can be things like stress eating, it can be things like, well, it, it could come to things like meal timing, uh, but it, it, that is quite rare. But depending on the diet that you are consuming, or I, won't say, I shouldn't say diet, but depending on the nutrition that you are intaking on a day-to-day basis, this can all have an impact on your glycemic regula- uh, regulatory systems in your body, which kind of lead to obesity and you know it's not just calories in versus calories out it's a lot more complex than that even though that that is important um but you know are you not getting enough fiber into your day you know are you are you uh, uh, it's you know I'm, i'm actually surprised how little people eat fruit and veg on a day to day basis because fruit and veg is the very very simple thing that you should start off by eating for should be Fibre is the first, one of the first things that you should be intaking into your body every single day, whether that would be through berries, raspberries and blueberries, you could put spinach with your eggs, you could put, you could have oats, things like that. Anything that can help with your digestive system in a the morning, then go for it because you really need to, that's something that you need to look at resetting first thing in the morning to set yourself up um, and to reduce the stress on your just on your gut and on the brain as well um, so make sure you're getting enough fiber uh, also you try to reduce the amount of sugar that you are eating as well you know you know I'm a, I'm a bit of a sweets fan you know I, I I've grew up my entire life with a sugary tooth you know my mum fed me biscuits and donuts and chocolate and and all kinds and it come it all comes from a good place but it also that also led me to having teeth taken out when I was younger as well, and that, you know it's it's not kind of benefited me now as an adult. But with that, you know, it's also it also um, it affects your insulin resistance. So basically, you know, with insulin resistance, depending on whether it's high or low, you can end up with things like type two diabetes and things like that. And, you know, so it's it's important that you do focus on the quality of your nutrition that you are eating as well. Um, so things like eating enough protein and getting enough fiber and, you know, carbohydrates and fats, like good fats. I'm not talking about things like processed fats or anything that anything that's packaged that gets advertised on the TV. Fuck all that shit off. Uh, just eat good fats, like, you know, if you're going to eat things like butter and oils, get, make sure you have quality oils and, you know, it's, I'll, I'll dive into all that on a separate episode, but yeah, the four types of stress, just to kind of uh, summarize all of those, again, we have got perceived stress, we've got circadian disruption, 
we've got inflammatory signals and we've got glycemic dysregulation as well which obviously perceived stress is mental emotional circadian is sleep issues inflammatory is things like allergies arthritis and cardiovascular and then we've got glycemic dysregulation which is controlled by your nutrition as well so um and i think you know what i've gone way too way 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 too deep into the rabbit hole here of this podcast it's it's super sciencey and i do apologize and I, i hope it's not threw any of you off um but I just think it's super important f- to get the message across. And, you know, we've been going on, this podcast has been going on for nearly an hour now. And I think I'm going to have to record a part two because um, I don't want to have to sit here and, you know, bore you all for another hour with the other types of values. So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, so firstly, I just want to thank you for making it this far into the podcast. You know, it, I, I've, I've, I'm sure I have chockered your head with a lot of sciencey bits but if you have if you've made it this far well done and thank you i'm super grateful and i'm going to continue this podcast uh in a part two episode where we're going to dive into the rest of the values and we're going to talk about things like digestion and gut health we're going to dive into nutrition a little bit more And then, of course, we're going to dive into physical activity, which we all know is super important. So thank you very much for joining me on today's episode. And if you enjoyed the episode and you didn't find it too overwhelming, then please don't be afraid to share it with a friend. And you can even share it on your social media if you prefer. And yeah, I look forward to seeing you all over on the next episode. So thank you very much, guys. And I look forward to seeing you on episode three.